0: Hi, I'm Paul Camillos. Join me and my co-host Jacinta Gavin for Series 4 of Shooting the Breeze. We cover women's hoops and women in hoops. We talk to inspiring players, amazing coaches and the legends behind the scenes and at the grassroots of the game. During this series we'll be covering the FIBA Women's World Cup where the 12 best teams of the planet are coming to Sydney. And of course we'll be covering Australia's longest running women's professional sporting league the WNBL in its 43rd season. Hit that subscribe button, like and review so we can get more Hoops content to you.
1: So I I want that type of communication. Um, The girls know at the end of the day I will make the call on what we do but just to be able to have that openness with our group doesn't matter, coach, player, whoever. You know, I think it just creates a great atmosphere and and it does allow me to get that buy-in from the girls that I, I was hoping to get.
0: This week, we're joined by head coach of the Adelaide Lightning, Nat Hurst. In this episode, Nat a legendary point guard with a spectacular seven WNBL championships, shares her first steps as a rookie WNBL head coach and the transition from player to the big chair. At the time of taping, Adelaide returned home after a challenging start to their campaign on the road with some tight losses against tough opposition and were about to play their first home game of the season. An integral part of Nat's coaching style is open and honest communication and in her quest to become the coach she wants to be, she values the lessons and inputs from her whole team in a truly collaborative approach where communication is key. We're grateful to Nat for some amazing insights into the team and behind-the-scenes glimpses into her challenges and the genuine thrill of watching her squad let loose. Enjoy. Welcome to Shooting of the Breeze. Joining me and my co-host Jacinta Govind, we've got Nat Hurst, Head Coach of the Adelaide Lightning. Nat, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Hello. How are you guys going? Yeah, really good. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. We're getting into the the new WNBL season, all sorts of things going on. You know, your Head Coach at Adelaide. You guys have had a lot of travel in, this, in the start of this season. That's probably not the best way to start a season I'd say
1: oh look I think it's uh, I think it's character building for your group um, we've had it's been tough travel obviously we've played three teams that'll probably end up being up somewhere near the top of the ladder but to come out with you know the results we've had you know we walk away frustrated but not not upset at ourselves it's something to build on we know we have a lot to work on but there's a lot to love about what we're able to do in those couple of road trips so uh like i said character building team building and uh yeah we're just looking forward to being back at home this week and not having to pack a suitcase
0: (laughs) (laughs) i gotta be honest some of the games have been they've been close and i don't necessarily think that the results were really a fair representation of what we were watching
1: yeah look i uh I said to the girls today that I don't I don't necessarily think we were beaten, but we lost the games ourselves at, at, at points. Um, you know, two games we dug ourselves in massive holes, but the fight that, you know, the girls showed to dig themselves out of those yeah. was fantastic. And then it was just a grind against Melbourne and we just, we just didn't execute down the stretch. So I don't think, you know, credit to the teams, you know, the, the, our opponents to be able to, you know, get the win over us, but I don't necessarily think that, yeah, we were beaten as far as we beat ourselves in, the, in a few different areas in those first three games.
2: And, yeah, so considering, as you said, you've done your longest road trips already at the start of the round and you've played teams who are definitely going to be contenders for, you know, the top four in the end, what's the value of doing all of this character building at the start of the season versus doing it,
1: say, towards the end? You know the, You know, women's teams, girls seem to get a little bit cranky you know, towards the end of the season. I know that I was one of those. I can put my hand up, um, you know, so to, to get those long ones out of the way at the start when, you know, we're all still smiling and happy and, and learning about each other and haven't been around each other too much that we, you know, we need our own space right now. So to do that at the start, and like I said, it was massive team building, character building, and just to, to come out and see the girls really rally around each other. Um, I know we've got a special group and now to be able to come back home, have our own space, sleep in our own beds, um, play in front of our own crowd, I just think it's going to, you know, push us in the right direction, you know, especially after we capture our first win.
2: Mm. Yeah, put it out there, first win this weekend, (laughs) 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 coach.
0: I'm really curious about how you found the head coaching role because I don't think anything, you can do a lot of coaching but nothing really prepares you for, you know, the top level of elite competition and having the big chair how does that feel um i was
1: packing it at the start before my first game i thought i was going to throw up um my assistant coach i said don't leave my side um but i think i've kind of approached it still from a point guard kind of view that's the only way i know it right now um i've admitted to the girls i don't know everything i have a lot to learn i've told them that i'm going to make mistakes as they are um so we can all hold each other accountable so the only way that I can I can view it is from a point guard point of view until I understand everything it takes to, to be a head coach and to lead a team at this level. Like I said, I don't pretend to know it all. I have a lot to learn. I'm learning every day. I'm learning on the fly. You know, I talk to the girls, especially the experienced ones here, about different things and things we can do, things we can't do, what they like, what they don't like. So, yeah, it's, it's a massive learning experience. Um you know, before the first game, I was super nervous, but I think it'll come become more natural as the season goes on um, and I'll feel more comfortable in, in the decisions that I'm making. You know, I've even admitted after these first three games that there's been spots in games where I've made mistakes where I haven't thought of things that I should have. So that reflection for myself after games, you know, has been pretty big as well as what we, you know, we would review the girls that are reviewing, you know, different decisions I made as well. So I'm loving it, um, but, you know, I'm far from, you know, the kind of head coach that I want to be, I think. Yeah, I was going to ask you
2: like how it compares to being a point guard because you're a natural point guard. You know, some people are kind of moulded into a point guard and some people are just born point guards and to me you were born a point guard. So, yeah, I was going to ask you to draw the comparisons between being a point guard and a head coach.
1: Oh, look, you know, being a point guard, you're always the extension of the head coach. So, like I said, I'm viewing my job as still that extension, I guess, until I can feel completely comfortable in in what I'm doing in, like you said, in the big chair. You know, I'm lucky to have another experienced point guard to work with that we're kind of working with each other and she's guiding me in, in, in some ways and I'm obviously guiding her in some ways and, you know, I'm just really lucky to have the group that I have around me that uh, understand that, they, you know, I am a rookie coach and, we're, you know, we're all, we're all in this together. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to go the highs and lows together and, yeah, I'm just lucky that I've got these girls around me.
2: Yeah. How did they uh, respond when you came in this season, certified head coach? And it sounds like you took a lot of ownership and responsibility straight off the bat saying you are a rookie coach and just, you know, making that known and being honest, you are going to make mistakes. So how did the
1: players respond when you were that honest with them? You know, I kind of went through Steph Talbot and, and even before I had the job, I gave her a call and I, you know, she kind of had an idea that I'd been off the job and I just kind of said to her, you know, if I take it, you're about to hit the peak of your career. I'm not about to come in and, and stuff that up for you. Um, So, you know, if, if this doesn't feel like the right move for you, that's because I have so much respect for her, played with her, coached, coached assistant coach. you know, with her. Um, I had that much respect that if she didn't think it was the right move, that I definitely wasn't going to do it. She said, no, 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 this is what, where we need to go. I feel completely comfortable. So once she said that to me, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. And, you know, if you've got Steph on side, then you've got the the rest of the team on side. So like I said, I have lucky who I've got around me. And, you know, one of those is especially Steph Talbot.
0: Yeah. I think it's an interesting approach you've taken because a lot of people, you know, and, and I see it in, in business as well. When people get that leadership role for the first time, there are some who'll do what you've done and just say, "Hey, look." I know what I know and I'm going to be learning and we're going to learn stuff together. And then there are the others who are like, I'm going to try and bluff my way through, right? And it never works.
1: (laughs) No. You get (laughs) found out eventually, right?
0: (laughs) You do. So I think the really important thing about that is it actually tells you a lot about the confidence level of the individual because you've got to have a lot of confidence in your own skill to be able to say, hey, you know what? I don't actually know everything there is to know, and we're going to work it out together. Do you think that that helps bind the team together by bringing uh, that approach?
1: Yeah, look, I absolutely think that that, that helped get buy in from the girls to what my vision is for this team. Even if it's not right, we will work it out together. And I want a team that can communicate with each other, whether that's between themselves, with the coaches, with the manager, with the GM. I want to we're all one team um, and I want a team that can it feels comfortable to communicate you know I had a girl one of my players that didn't play a whole lot on the weekend in fact four minutes and she came up and she said I reviewed the game and I think this and I was like well, great this is what I want whether I take and, and the girls know whether I take it on board or, or whether I, I don't it Everything is respected and and these opinions are respected and know at the end of the day day that I'll make the call. But the fact that she could come up to me and said, I I watched it and I think that we need to do A and B um, and we could discuss it. I want that type of communication. Um, The girls know at the end of the day I will make the call on what we do, but just to be able to have that openness with our group, doesn't matter, coach, player, whoever, you know, I think it just creates a a great atmosphere and and it does allow me to get that buy-in from the girls that I, I was hoping to get.
2: And it, it also gives the everyone equal opportunity to not only contribute but I suppose take a deeper look and more reflective look into how they're performing as an individual and how the team's performing. So it sounds like you're providing a lot of learning opportunity as well from anyone from who's playing three minutes a game to
1: 35 minutes a game. Oh, look, we encourage all the girls. It, one of the first things I said to the girls was whether you're a DP or whether you're Steph Talbot, you're all as important as each other and some people are going to say oh bull that's not true it actually is true to me um and I know that from my playing career that there was years in my career with Canberra that I got zero court time but I was super important because I had to practice against that starting point guard and push her all week so she was prepped for the game on the weekend so I've made that known that everyone's as important as each other when we do individuals we don't just say who wants individuals um main players we everyone so we have our starters do indies with with the dps and and all that kind of stuff because you know I I really want that within the group and I want them to it is a massive learning curve not just for the ones that get major court time but for the the younger ones and the ones that we want to improve as well and I don't think we'd be doing our job right if we were just focused on I guess the stars essentially and not trying to develop other players as well
2: yeah and I think it's super important that you have that lived experience like you were A great point guard and player in your own right. But, you know, people got to remember you did start at the deep end of the bench for many years for the Caps. Five whole
1: years. I can remember all of them. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yep. Even back in the bodysuit days. Am I right? right? Don't remind. I don't want to put a time stamp on that memory. So maybe I won't make such a specific reference. (laughs) Um, but, yeah, that, I think that's super valuable that you can bring that first-hand lived experience to the table. And, look, seven championships later, you've got a lot to show for it, right?
1: Oh, look, even in those years where I sat on that bench, I will claim that championship that I played like I played 40 minutes in that game. We, You know, we the girls that didn't play as much, we put in just as much hard work as the ones that got us over the line. And that was a great thing about those teams that I played in, that like I'm trying to bring here is everyone's as important as each other. And I think that's a way that you, you lift a club and you lift a team to to get to the next level.
0: That's an int- really interesting point that you, you bring up there talking about all that time when you were on the bench, but you put in as much time as everybody else. I think that's something that maybe people don't necessarily realize actually goes on for a team that, that you know even if you are on the bench, Everything else you're doing, you're practising as much as everybody else. You're in there working on the strategy or whatever it is as a team, you're putting in as much effort. And I think it's really important to bring that culture into a team. Um, how did you find that some of the, the younger players and the ones who are going to be on the bench for you know, a big chunk of the season, how did they find that?
1: Yeah, it was interesting because... I knew that I had to put it out there straight away because if I didn't put it out there, then the whole open communication thing for me would have just been bull Um, and the honesty thing would have just been exactly the same. So it literally got everyone finally together and one of the first things I said was, are we here for the same reason? They looked at me and I'm like, is everyone here to win? Yes, no matter zero minutes, 40 minutes, whatever. And that was a question that I said, and I said, and look, there's going to be times and I have talent that sits on my bench that hasn't played many minutes um, and I encourage them that when they are frustrated to, I said, I, I am going to annoy you, you're going to annoy me, I'm going to pee you off, you're going to do the same to me, but as long as you can come to me and we can talk about it, then that's what's going to build our team. So I laid it out there straight away. Um, if you weren't here to try and push to win a championship, then you weren't the player for me. And what grinds my gears is the talk behind and not coming to my face and to talk about it. And I've had girls come and say, "What can I do? What can I do?" And that's exactly what I want. Yeah, they're frustrated, but they still put in the effort. They're, they're at weights. They're at their indies. They're they're doing shooting. They go hundred percent at practice, and they're getting no court time in games reward for it yet. But that's not the point of what we're doing right now. And like I keep saying, that they're just as important as the ones that are and I want to keep, you know, improving those girls so that maybe it's not this season but maybe it's the next one or the next one after that, that they will step into those roles exactly how I did. So it is tough when girls come to me with court time because, you know, I'm probably the one that you don't want to whinge about court time with because like (laughs) we talked about, I sat on my butt for a long time.
2: I think though in the first two rounds watching uh, your game so far, I think it's pretty well reflected what you said and the culture you're creating in your Adelaide Lightning team about having open communication and some emphasis on trusting each other and each other's abilities because you play like your whole bench. You play everyone. There are some teams in the last two rounds who have only played seven and a half players, but you've played everyone. So I also feel like Um, that doesn't only just show your trust in them and their abilities and what they're going to contribute to the team on game day, but it's going to also help foster a deeper trust for the girls
1: with each other as well. Yeah, you know, we we have girls that are balling out at practice and and not getting a whole lot of court time. I think one of the hardest things for me right now to get my head around as a coach after games is I look at stat sheets and I'm like, oh, I wish I could have played her more, I wish I could have played her more just because I know how much talent I have within my group, even through the younger ones. And it, it, that's probably the hardest thing right now is not the losses and, and that, well, could I have done this or could I have done this or could I have got her in? Because I know that they're sitting there and I know that they can hoop and it's just tough because of who's ahead of them. But the ones that are playing a lot of time also know that what these girls can do. So when they are in the game, they know that what they're going to bring um, and the level's not going to drop. So, you know, we could go and we've spoke about, we could go different rotations every game. Um, I don't think that's super smart to keep mixing things up but whilst we're trying things and trying to find who works with who is gonna probably going to be like this for the you know the next few games until we get like a set kind of way that we see who works well together and that could also
2: change depending on the game the opponent the situation you just got to play the best five combo
1: to get it done at the end of the day yep. And, you know, like we keep saying, if we get a win, it doesn't matter how we get it, you know, we could have five and we'll call them benches, even though I don't love that word, but we could have five benchies to close out a game. And if we close it out, the most important thing is we get the win. It's not who's played what and who scored what.
0: Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, having watched some of the games over the first couple of rounds, how do you, and I know this is a loaded question, how do you see your team, you know, stacked up against the others?
1: Um, I see us as a very good team stacked up against other teams. Yeah. Um, I feel like our record doesn't reflect the type of team we are right now or who we want to be, but it's a long season and I keep telling the girls we've been pushing it up a hill since the start of pre-season they've been flogged from our our strength and conditioning coach to my assistant coach to myself and they've done the hard yards and now it's just about getting to the top and and going downhill so look I'm confident in the group I know that they're confident in themselves I think we just need that first win to to kind of open up the floodgates a little bit for us and uh you know you might ask me again in a month and we might not have that and we (laughs) but I still feel like I'd sit here and say that I'm so confident in the group that I have um you know I get to watch them ball out every day against each other and uh I know we've got something special, whether that'll be this season or, or future seasons.
0: And you've just touched on something that I was going to follow up with, which is the team over time. I mean, in effect, it's a brand new team. You've got players, that have, but it's, it's fundamentally a brand new team. You're bringing your own system in. I think in sports generally, people have started to get this feeling that uh, if you don't have a win in your first you know, whatever period of time, what's going on. People forget the fact that when you've had the changes that have happened for Adelaide, it takes time. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's like you've got to put the pieces together. You're going to be trying different things. It is going to take time. And sure, you could end up being in the top four at the end of the season, or you could be outside the top four, but it's, it's more about your plan for, you know, this season, next season, that you're building towards and I think people forget about that and sometimes they've got unrealistic expectations not only on yourself as a head coach but also as the team how do you deal with that
1: oh look I I think you know everyone says you block out outside noise and I mean with with so much social media and all that kind of stuff it's hard to always do that we're just trying to focus on our process um we knew it wasn't going to happen straight away I even have, you know, Lauren Mansford who says to me that I've never played a system like this. I'm still trying to get used to it and that was two weeks ago and that's my starting point guard. Um, but for me that's exciting because she's 32 years old, she's probably on the later end of her career and this is all new stuff for her and that's just kind of ignited something new within a vet. So we just try to focus on on what we're doing day to day to keep improving, improving what we're doing and working through our process. Um, I didn't think I'd come in and, and be win, 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 win. You know, I knew it was going to take time. It's just about me, again, as the girls are, keeping my eyes on what we're doing and, and building every day. And that's the message we just keep saying, hey, what did we do well today? What, didn't, what did not What we improve on? What do I want our team to look like in two weeks, in four weeks, in six weeks? Um, we don't need to be a championship team right now. We need to be pushing for something in, you know, a couple of months. So... We know that we're in a process and we're in a building phase and and the girls are still getting used to what system I'm trying to bring in here. And like I said, I'm still trying to get used to, you know, the players that I've got around me and uh, who works well and and what combinations we've got. So it is a process um, and we've just got to try and, you know, block the outside noise and and stay connected as a group as, you know, we have so far.
2: And so whether it's like X's and O's or culture because we've kind of covered a little bit of those things or even off-court team bonding I guess, What are some of the things that you have experienced as a player and in an assistant coach role that you've adopted that you are
1: now implementing into your system and your team? So my on-court stuff, you know, I love basketball. I love watching basketball, not just in Australia, in Europe, you know, in America. And I think I've, over the years, just kind of taken little little ideas, written them down. And at the end of my career, just had this, this book of ideas and now I, you know, sit down as a head coach and go. Well, what kind of style do I want to play? What kind of coach do I want to be? And what do I want to implement? So you know, flick back through all those pages and find exactly what I want. And like I said, it, it's a big learning process for me. I'm still learning, but I know the I know the style that I want. I know the the type of players that I need to play that style. Um, and I know it's going to take the girls a little bit of time to get used to. It's not a traditional inside outside man play. It's moving towards that positionless basketball. Um, that's fun to watch now it's working well offensively defensively not so good for us so far you know that's just again something that we need to, to keep improving on this season so you know I've been lucky enough to be coached by some great coaches I've played in in different countries and I've got to watch a, a lot of basketball and I just if I see something I steal it I write it down and when if I think it, it fits with my groups and I'll put it in
2: yeah I've definitely myself when I was coaching juniors I uh, would watch a baseline out of bound play in the NBA and go, oh, yeah, I like that, and literally just steal it. Like a lob for a junior? You
1: know, a dunk or something. I just you know, love it.
2: was like a baseline inbound and uh, the big would set a screen on the inbounder to come off, and I was like, genius. I'm having cool. this
1: Thank you. Tick. I love that. <laughs> like, like, not reinventing I basketball? That. No one's reinventing basketball, right? No. It's, it's been around for so long and it's just about implementing it and making little changes and, yeah, just seeing what's right for your team and just because someone did something 50 years ago, if you think that's right for your team, then there's nothing wrong with, with using that concept, I don't think.
2: And so when you said uh, you're starting to move towards more that positionless, exciting brand of basketball, is that perhaps why Izzy Bolle has had such a outstanding start to the season because, you know, she's... A junior. She's come out of the – I'm pretty sure she was at the COE. Am I correct?
1: She's just come out, yep. just she's she's come out, just out of year 12. I very – oh, yeah, wow.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so fresh. I'm um, <laughs> very evident that the COE, I've seen some of their videos online and you see people like Isla Jafferman and Izzy and Borlase play uh, very much a emphasis on sound footwork and decision-making on the offensive end which I'd love to see because I think that was lost for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, she's she's so new school. Is that why, perhaps why she's played so well so far?
1: Look, we knew what Iz was going to do. I watched Iz train a little bit with Lightning last season. I watched her at the COE. I wasn't surprised. Now, did I think she'd get 25 and 9 in her first game? No. <laughs> um, did I think she'd be averaging the same amount of points as Steph Talbot coming into our fourth game? I didn't. But I knew that she was super talented and I guess that's kind of the style that we, we have is you need to make decisions. I'm not going to make all of them for you. I don't like walk-up A to B to C to D basketball. That's not what, what I kind of want to do with my groups and it's all about a, a one-second decision. Are you going to shoot, dribble or pass? And Izzy's just naturally got that in her. Now hers is get it and go and, and make a play. Um, great. It works out well for us and she's just she's so strong she literally can get to any any spot on the court she wants and she's obviously been working on her three ball from last season watching her with Lightning now to with us. So she's tough. Um, and I even said to her, and she's so fresh, and I said she was on the scout notes against Flyers, and I said, uh, what do you reckon Townsville are going to write about you? She's like, oh, I don't know, uh, maybe <laughs> take away my left hand. And I said, Izzy, you drove left on Lauren Jackson three times. That's a go. She goes, oh, yeah oh i don't know maybe shoot a three and i'm like oh you know one of those too." <laughs> so she's just she's beautiful she's so young she actually doesn't understand how good she is this is just the first part and she's a beautiful girl too so uh we're just lucky that she's she's here and she's come home and come back to mum and dad and she's signed with us because she's just i just watch her at practice and i think one of the girls said to me that day coach what are we doing and i reckon I zoned out for about 10 minutes just watching izzy Go up and down the court and just do what she does best and she's 18 years old so i know Geez, like yeah she is
2: tough the thing that stood out to me against your game against townsville is that she was the one putting a body on the line getting deflections being an absolute pest and trying to uh get in their faces whether it's like uh bumping cutters or on the second line of rotation then like you said she took it all the way down
1: Went coast to coast and I was like, who is this? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a easy special, just coast to coast. We just let, I just said, let loose. You just get it and go. She's like, okay. Like she'll literally go and do anything you ask. So uh, she's super talented. We can't expect her to get the massive numbers every week. She's going to have ups and downs. But then i look and I'm like, well, what are you going to do with her? Like what are teams going to do with her?" She, so it's interesting to see what other groups will do you know with her and what how they'll try and slow her down i guess when they play against us
0: i, I just want to follow this for a little bit <laughs> do you think that part of what she's doing in these games comes from the fact that she is so new into the league that she doesn't comprehend you can't do this stuff <laughs> Because you know, people sort of, oh yeah, I'm not sure that I'll get away with this. Whereas, you know, it's that that ability of youth to just ignore the fact that, yeah, I'm not supposed to be able to do it. I just go and do it.
1: Um, I think it's a lot of that. Um, I think <laughs> our preseason games in Perth, helped. she was really nervous, and uh, I spoke to her after the first game, and she'd missed. She hit like six shots out of, and she maybe missed four. She so was super disappointed. Like, is is what's wrong? I, I should have made that. I should, have, I should have just made it. Um, and then the next game she goes eight of eight. I'm like, you, you'll you be right, mate. Like, you're fine. Um, but I think that was just a massive confidence booster to go, you know what, Perth didn't have their entire roster there, but I could just get to the basket when I wanted and I could I could shoot a pull-up. And I just think she's just gone, okay, I can do this. And she's just come into the first couple of games and I don't think she thinks about it too much. She just goes and does. Um, and then she reflects about it later. And that's the the beautiful nature of having an 18-year-old that, you know, just loves to hoop and goes out and hoops and then, like I said, thinks about it after. It's so atypical of an 18-year-old hooper, female
2: hooper particularly. The big difference I've noticed coaching uh, male and female juniors is that females, we overthink everything. So I think the absolute superpower she has is that, like you said, she just doesn't think, she just does. Yeah. And when you take out all of that hesitancy and uncertainty, that's what you, you're left with—just a hooper.
1: And I think that it, it's a strong message from myself and my assistant coach Matt Clark that we don't want them to to doubt themselves. We we want them to shoot too much until we say, "Can you?" Well, probably wasn't the best decision. We have a couple of girls with massive grey areas, and I'm talking big grey areas. And I look at my assistant sometimes. I'm like, "Oh, that was pretty pretty dark grey that shot." But I'm not going to pull them back until we need to, um, because. Females are like that; they they overthink everything. They they worry, and I know that that was what I was like. And I don't want any Nat Hurst on the team worrying that they're missing any shots, because I know I used to. So we really push it at practice. You know, some girls are on themselves. Oh, I couldn't hit a shot today. Did you make a great decision? Well, yeah. Well, then there's nothing wrong with that, because mm-hmm. the work that you will put in to then make those shots in, in the you know maybe not tomorrow, but in a week or two weeks or three weeks. That's what we're looking at. We're not looking about the right now, but. Is it a good decision? Yep, great shot then. And we're really encouraging it and we're trying to go the other way where we want them to, like I just said, shoot too much until we have to rein them in a little bit and that's kind of where I want and I just want the girls to just feel so confident in the, their ability to do that and I just think that, you know, Izzy's been able to do it because she just has it naturally and, I, you know, I hope it rubs off on some of our girls.
0: I want to talk about one of the games. I think it, I think it was the Townsville game. Our producer Mary was watching the game And she said that there was a point where Loz Mansfield was watching something and Mary looked at it and she said, oh, she's got that look in her eye. And then she just came out in the last part of the game and just was unstoppable. Do you find that you've got personalities that are like that in the team that they're just kind of like they're sitting there, they're doing their thing during the game, and then something happens and there's like a switch that goes on in their head where they're like, okay, I've had enough of this. It's time to really get down to business.
1: Yeah, I do. And, my, you know, I'm trying to encourage them to flick that switch a little bit earlier and just let <laughs> loose a little bit. Um, you know, with with Loz, I, I played against her a lot um, and I, I appreciated her game. But I've got a huge amount of appreciation every single day getting to watch her hoop at practice. She's um, she's good, but she's better than I ever thought. She's super smart, but she's also got those restrictions as in, Lozzy, I want you to get it and just go. I just want you to go make a play, get on the rim. And then I have to remind her and remind her. So she's even got those, those little bits that hold her back a little bit and she's one of our vets. And this is why I think it's just going to be stuff in even our older athletes that... You, I don't want you to I just want you to go until I tell you to stop and like you know that's a perfect example within our group and she, she even says keep reminding me keep reminding me keep reminding me um, and she works her butt off every single day and, and practicing those those things so you know it, it's not easy like we just said for a female athlete but it, you know it's part of my job is to try and like we just said flick that switch a little bit earlier and I just want them to let loose And to just go out there and I've got a bunch of hoopers. They know what they're doing. I don't need to control every part of it. Um, And I just want them to have fun and, and, and trust their skill and the hard work that they put in all week. So it sounds like we might,
2: I mean, we've already seen such a great career from Lauren Mansfield, WNBL especially, and then more recently Commonwealth Games, and she's been in touch with Opal squads as well in the past. But now it sounds like you're giving her... The keys to a little bit more freedom and a little bit more scoring opportunity and and um, yeah, less restriction, I guess, which is freedom, yeah. which I already said. But maybe we're going to see even more of her, like an,
1: a whole other level. Mm. I hope so. She's definitely got it in her bag. She's super talented. She can get where she wants. Her her ball skills are out of control. Um, and she sees the entire floor. Some passes she makes at practice, um, I just sit back and. I almost go, woo, and, and just start running back cheering. Um, <laughs> I find myself still in that kind of player mode where I'm like, you need to, you need to chill out in that. Um, but I do enjoy when they do stuff like that. And you'll see her sometimes, I think she came down the Tansville game and flicked a pass behind her back. But she does that stuff at practice all the time. I'm like, if you've got it, use it. I'm not saying we need to be the team that, you know, puts the ball between their legs 500 times. But if you've got a move, try it. If you've worked on it all week, try it. If you can make those passes, do that. So I, I I hope we do see Loz continue to let loose a little bit as well as, you know, some of the other girls and there's just some at practice that do it now um, and then I hope they bring it into the game as well.
0: Just hearing you talk about that, I'm really curious now, how do you find the not playing side of this now? Do you, do you ever find yourself kind of wanting to, yeah, I, I just want to jump on the floor and go for it.
1: Absolutely not. I do not need to embarrass myself. <laughs> I, I will make one up and that will be the end of me. Um, so, shooting games, I'm happy to take them on. Absolutely yep. no problems. But as far as trying to defend or run with them, absolutely not. Um, even just watching them warm up, you know, three days into practice, I'm like, oh, that day three when it just hurts to try and warm up and, yeah, no, nah, I've got zero desire to, to, to do any of that.
2: <laughs> do you play socially or anything at all, like stay in any, any touch with it at all?
1: I do nothing. I will go shoot sometimes. The uh, the gym that we have here that the girls lift at, there's a hoop there. So I won't lift when the girls are there, but I'll go and have one of those pretend coach lifts after and I'll shoot some hoops <laughs> at that time. Um, I still love putting the ball in my hands and doing that and I will still talk crap to the girls that I can beat them in on the rack um doesn't always happen but when coach beats you it's embarrassing so um i will do that but yeah no i've got zero desire to to run up and down a basketball court right now
2: i'm so glad you mentioned on the rack too because i was actually
1: going to ask you like surely you're playing on the rack with them at the end of practice not always just every now and again when i am feeling a little bit confident about it you know i've still got a little bit of the I pretend that I've got a you know tennis elbow or sore elbow or something to get out of it but um, <laughs> because they talk so much crap. I don't need that. They already talk enough to me. I don't need the extra smack talk. But I will give it. If I win, I will give it.
2: <laughs> I think that's fair, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you mentioned as well you – I forgot that you actually played with Steph Talbot as well um, and you played with Lauren as well. So – Transitioning from former teammate to head coach, uh, you already mentioned how you had some preseason chats with Steph. But what was it like having to reset some boundaries around those relationships when your role had changed?
1: Yeah, look on in this group, you know, I've played with Marina Whittle, Steph Talbot, Brooke Basham, um, and there's probably a couple more. Even a couple, even one of the DPs. She was a DP when I played my last season, so it has it does have its challenges at times. The thing is, because we have such, I mean, we've got great communication um, and we've always had that. And I've said to these girls that whilst our relationship may look a little bit different, I don't want it to be. Um, there is a time when you are player and I am coach, but I i just said, we've always got to keep those communication lines open. I don't want it to be weird. It's not like we can't be friend now. Um, when we're at work, we're at work though. And when we're off the court, we're off the court. But it's all about just, like I said, being able to communicate with each other and I don't want to feel like I'm just their coach. Do I need to go out with them and do I need to go do this and do we need to go do sure Absolutely not. We don't need to do any of that. But I still want to maintain friendships as well as, you know, at the end of the day when all said and done, it's not, I you know, I don't want to walk away and, and have zero friendships out of this and, and not be able to build relationships with these girls off the court as well. And we care about what they do off the court and what they've got going on. And, you know, one of our DPs has a son and he comes to practice and we care about that. So, it's not all about basketball. It's about everything else that they've got going in. The support isn't just for what they can do for me on the court, but it's also what you know how we help each other off the court as well.
0: Sitting back and looking at the totality of everything that's happening with the WNBL, have you found that the level of competition this season has been more intense than yeah. previously?
1: It's an extremely talented league and it keeps getting tougher and tougher and it's not even the, I mean the imports that we can bring out here now they're tough but it's not even that it's it's the level of the what the Australians are bringing in and, and how much they're bringing to their teams. You need fantastic Australians not just And though know, in Europe and, and all that you see, you know you can get away with having two or three you know talented imports but here you, you can't the Aussies are too good and they're getting better. And, you know, it goes to show, you know, that Opal's just winning the bronze medal at the World Champs, that Australian basketball is thriving and I think it's only going to get better and better. And uh, we've got such a great league here in, in Australia. Um, I think some people who come out here are surprised about the, the physicality and the talent we have here. I just think it's only going to get better and that's why we, we try and put as as much effort as we can into, you know, not just our, our style Aussies or our imports but our young Australians as well because we need to keep developing them at a at a rapid pace because that's where the women's game's going.
0: So, from my my own personal experience, I see that each season over the last ten seasons, it's gotten tougher and tougher and tougher. At some point, you know, I think we're going to get to to a stage where I, I mean, at the moment, I think we've like the WNBL is in the top three leagues, do you think that we're actually going to become a chosen destination for overseas players? And when I say that, I mean not like, oh, we need to find uh, an import where we've actually got, you know, potential imports knocking on the door to say, hey, we want to come and play in the WNBL?
1: Absolutely. And I think the perfect example of that is Jackie Young from last season who came out to Perth, clearly worked her butt off with the coaches there with her team And then goes back and dominates WNBA and is an all-star and becomes a WNBA champion and and all that kind of stuff. And her growth from last WNBA season to this, you know, WNBA season is it's not just by mistake. She was out here playing in a tough league, playing against tough opponents every week and and working her butt off. So I think, you know, people are going to look at that and go, one, they get to play in the summertime and they're not going to Europe in the winter, but two, that it's, it's a tough league and it, and it prepares you kind of for what you're going back for. Um, and she's just a perfect example and I think she may have started something because you have a lot of, a lot of imports now. I know even coming in and, and trying to recruit for my first season and there was lots of agents saying my player wants to come to Australia, they want to come to Australia, they want to come to Australia, and there was a lot. So I think that it's only going to get going to get more and more, and you're going to see higher profile athletes coming out here from America and and from Europe to Australia.
0: And um, do you think, given the level of competition we've got here locally, and you know the way it's been improving, how do you think that sets us up for our international competition going forward, particularly sort of looking towards, say, uh, Paris?
1: Yeah, it just makes competition tougher to make the squad. You know, you can't. You're not just going to walk in to an opal squad now. There's three or four people vying for for, you know the the same spots and that's tough. You want that. You want to be able to to choose. You know, use the US as an example. They've got, you know, they start with a squad of what, 30, 40 athletes and they pick, you know, who are the best twelve at the time. We need that. I think we've got that. We're getting, you know, we're getting better at that. We're getting there. We're getting deeper in positions. And coaches have tough choices, but great to have choices. Moving into those squads and, and then into the final teams that, that make the competition. So um, you want competition. You want to be pushing for those spots, and it's. I think it's only going to elevate the Opals in the long run.
0: Okay, here's the uh, here's another loaded question. Do you think if we keep on this trajectory that the US is beatable?
1: Absolutely. There's there's going to be a time when we're going to get them. I mean, they're tough, and I think they're they've pushed again. Um, you know, this team that they sent out to Worlds was, you know absolutely loaded with talent and, and crazy talent and the next the next talent that's coming through. So, you know, that's a call that's going to be together for a while. But, um, you know, why not? Why can't we keep pushing and pushing and pushing and, and finally get over that hump that, that you know, Australian basketball has been waiting to see for so long?
0: So do you think that you could see yourself wanting to coach the Opals?
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> Can you let me get through round (laughs) (laughs) to round? I look. I think we'd be. You know, you sit back and you don't just do it just to do it. Do I know if this thing, this coaching gig's for me? I don't know. I want just want to get through this season and and see progress in my group and and see myself grow and and then go from there. I haven't really thought much past what I'm doing right now, um, and I just. Right now, my goal is, is Adelaide Lightning and, and improving my team now and what I've got. And then I'll think about myself later on. I hope. I hope that's something that I want to do. But like I said, I, is this coaching gig for me? I, I don't know yet. I guess I'll find out soon.
2: <laughs> and if you started, like you said before, you started, you know, jotting some stuff down in a book, still when you were even playing. So when was the seed planted that you, you know, that you wanted to coach?
1: Um, I don't know if it ever was. I think my last season playing here in Adelaide, my friend was on the board at at Basketball ACT and they needed a a coach for their what was still the Waratah League then. And I was like, oh, I'm about to retire. I don't really want to step out of basketball straight away because I don't know if I'll come back into it. I just don't know where I'll go. I'm going to do that. Let's just do that now. All right. Didn't really think it through. Finished, retired, got to Canberra and was like, oh, crap. Here we go. And then it was COVID, COVID season, and then it happened to me again the next season. But you know, I was lucky enough that Chris called me to to go and assist him in Adelaide. And the assistant job is great because you get to work with fantastic athletes, you do individuals with them, you get to plan. But at the end of the day, there's zero responsibility falls on you (laughs) on those wins and losses. (laughs) And that's, you know, honest answer. Um, so did that for a couple of years and then kind of just, you know, jumped into this. So I, I honestly don't know if I've really thought through this whole. I really wanted to be a coach thing, but I absolutely love what I'm doing and I love my job, um, and I, I feel just so lucky to work with the, the athletes that I get to work with. That I think maybe I do want to have this as a, a more of a, than a one season job, but like I said, I'm just focused on the right now and and we'll think about that in a, you know the next couple of months.
0: So. I'm kind of curious about the organisation because there's been a bit of change down in Adelaide. New ownership, uh, new venue. How's oh, back all to that, the old venue. Oh, back to the old venue, yeah. How is all that happening around everything else that's going on? How the whole team found all of that?
1: We've fallen in such a great spot with the Polygon Group and with um, Steve and Karen Wren taking us over we're extremely lucky The some of the stuff the girls are getting this season I never thought you know was ever going to come into female sport alone the WNBL what they offer these girls and how they support us and you know our owner Steve he's been with us on our road trips um, the last two road trips just to see us through they don't just care about what we do on the court they care about the girls off the court and the support that we've been able to get from our new owners is absolutely fantastic they own the the Adelaide Lightning Arena, Old Titanium, Old Powerhouse, whatever you know it best as. Mm. Um, so for us to go back there, it, it feels like we're going home. And whilst we've played there before, this is the start of something new for, th- for this particular group and this ownership and and all that kind of stuff. I, you know, signed to work under a GM, Tim Brenton, um, and lucky enough to work with him for a couple of months, and then he left me to go be the CEO of Basketball South Australia. So, you <laughs> know, we've, <laughs> we've got Reese Turner, who's previously worked with the club and, just keen to get back in and, and continue to grow the lightning basketball brand here in Adelaide and just the support and, and the media and, and the girls have done photo shoots for billboards trams um, we're on the radio the amount of support that we have here right now is it's incredible and like I said we're just really lucky to fall in the lap of the Polygon group and even for myself and the support that they show me and you know in my first season and in a couple of losses and just they pat me on the back and they give me a hug and they tell me it's okay and and we keep moving forward and uh, yeah there's something you know special happening with this club and I just just feel lucky to be coaching under under the management that we have
0: okay now we always tend to want to go with a completely unscripted question
2: Nothing
0: bad. No, 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 it's nothing bad.
2: Nothing scandalous or intimidating or anything like that.
0: (laughs) We just want to get a bit of an insight into just what you think and how you, you know, what your first off-the-cuff answer to these sorts of questions typically is. If you could be any movie character, who would you be?
1: Movies. The problem is I don't watch movies and my son does, so it's going to be some type of animated character.
0: Yeah, it's oh. okay. We've had plenty of those in the past too.
1: Who would? I, um, you know who I would like to be is what's the mum's name from The Incredibles, The Stretchy?
0: Oh, oh, yeah.
1: She's cool. She seems like a nice lady and she gets to do cool things in the day. She's a nice lady. And then she gets to go home to <laughs> her kids at night and that's what I like to do too. So <laughs> I have no time to watch movies. i you know, I'm going to go home. I'll go away and think about it. But um, yeah, that's the first one that comes to my head.
0: Okay, that's a good one. And I wish actually, I knew
1: her name. stretchy lady. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <That's my name. laughs> I feel like her name was Wendy. Just, or just,
1: Helen I look like that's that. It's it. <laughs> Nailed it. We've got it.
2: <laughs> yeah, one of them.
0: Yeah. Well, that's okay. I think that's our first. Non Disney animated character, I think.
2: No, I think Incredibles is still Disney, Disney Pixar.
0: Oh, yeah, Pixar, yeah, yeah.
2: We get a lot of Disney, Nat, like we get, yeah. Oh, good. We've had Moana a couple times. Um, I can't, we've had
0: Moana's grandma.
1: Moana's grandma. See, Stretchy Ladies can't be any worse (laughs) than Moana's grandma's. It's, (laughs) oh my god, I hope the girls don't listen to this again. I'm going to cop it for that one. Stretchy <laughs>
2: lady,
0: yeah, yeah coach, coach, lady. yeah. coach stretchy lady, <laughs> that's it. Here we go. Get some stretchy
2: lady, can't you just stretch your arms out?
1: <laughs> no, wait. Don't give them any lines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just adding fuel
2: to the fire now, aren't
1: I? <laughs> oh man.
0: Okay, Nat. It's been really great having you on the show. Good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you. Can't wait to see your upcoming game and can't wait to see how things develop over the next few rounds because I think, and our producer Mary thinks, that you guys are on the cusp. Oh, you know? Thank
1: you, Mary. Love
0: and, it. And um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how, how the team performs, particularly after you've given us this insight into how you want to let them play.
1: Yeah. Look, we're excited. Hopefully we'll let loose. On Saturday against Sydney, and uh, yeah, all of them keep doing easy ball acings. That'd be a, be a good start. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nat, thanks so much for your time. Really Thank appreciate you. it. And it's been great having you on the show. Thanks, guys. Shooting the Breeze can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and iHeartRadio. Don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast with all your friends.